0: Good morning to you and Maranatha. Our Lord comes. Amen. We can rejoice in that truth. Uh, a few more folks that we need to be praying for. Uh, Shirley Bratcher asked us to be praying for her. She's not able to be here today because she's not feeling well uh, with issues with her, uh, her, her feet. And, and with uh, Carrie, her daughter can't be here. Janet Ayers is having difficulty. Uh, Audra, so many that we need to be lifting up in, in prayer during these uh, very, very difficult times. Well, this morning I want us to finish the sermon that we started several weeks ago, and that's Alice in Wonderland, the 2020 version. Kind of named it while you were sleeping because I think our nation, I know the church, has definitely been asleep through a lot of the stuff that's, that's been going on. But I named it Alice in Wonderland. The 2020 version of that story is because nothing makes any sense any longer. Alice asked that question, why doesn't anything make sense anymore? Well, I'm here to tell you that it does But only if you see all that's going on today from a biblical perspective. If you understand the warning we have from God's Word about what is going to take place. And I want us to understand something. It's not that God is doing it, but God in His infinite love and wisdom and sovereignty has told us what is going to happen in the last days. See, it's not about God's judgment because that does not come until later. But God has told us what to expect. God has told us what is coming. So what I want us to do this morning is we look at different scriptures that I think brings an explanation on the craziness, things that are just nonsensical, that are happening uh, today and juxtapose the events, the activities of today's world to scripture, to prophecy of things that we are to know will be taking place. Three things I want us to, to understand as we get into this message and this will be the final Alice in Wonderland. Next week, Timothy Board's is going to be with us. Uh, Timothy Board was supposed to have been here several weeks ago. He's a missionary with Things to Come mission. And remember, his son uh, had a health issue, and, and they weren't able to come, and so we rescheduled. Well, next Sunday is the rescheduling. And so, uh, dear brother Timothy Board is going to be here uh, next Sunday and, and talking about what God's doing on the mission field around the world. And it's, it's going to be an exciting time. Uh, but I want you to know, remember three things as we present the Scriptures today. Number one is that Satan is the god of this world. Keep that in mind. As we look at Scripture, as we look at an explanation, at least from my opinion, from what I think is going on, remember that Satan is the god of this world. 2 Corinthians four four tells us that, He is the God of this world, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan is the prince and power of the air, according to Scripture, and he is the one who has blinded the minds of so many people. It is just mind-boggling how people are accepting and believing lies, how they are ridiculing the truth nowadays. Now as we get into, and the second, Satan is the god of this world, the second thing is uh, we're in perilous times. There is no doubt about that. And the Scripture speaks of perilous times. In the last days, perilous times shall come. And then it lists all those things that are going to be taking place in the last days, Folks, I believe we're living in the last days. We are definitely in perilous times. The third thing I want us to remember as we get into this is I think from Scripture we can tell that the stage is being set. Now this is all sort of kind of review of what we've already talked about. But the stage is being set for the tribulation, for the day of the Lord, The stage is being set. I believe that the different players are are all walking up on stage and that the tribulation is about to happen. Fortunately, for those of us who love the Lord Jesus Christ, for those of us who are redeemed, we will be raptured out prior to the day of the Lord or the tribulation taking place. But that does not mean because we haven't been appointed to wrath, praise God. But that does not mean that the church, the body of Christ which we're part of, is not going to suffer persecution during these perilous times. There's a reason that the rapture is called our blessed hope. I think there's much more to it than our blessed hope, because we're ready to get to heaven, and we are. But it's our blessed hope because of all the stuff that's going to be going on down here on earth during during the tribulation. And we're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. We've not been appointed to wrath. We will, I am convinced, suffer persecution. There are coming times and days when we as a church, as believers as members of the body of Christ, are going to have to make choices. We are going to have to take a stand. This morning's sermon is not to scare you, but it is to encourage you folks to get your house in order. The purpose of today's sermon is to call you forth to be a watchman on the wall and alerting to all that's going on today. Again, not just because I think it, I believe it, but let's compare it to what God's Word says. Still think we need to pray for revival? We still need to gather and, and go before the Lord and, and pray for a healing of our land? Pray that awakening takes place and people turn their hearts to God. But I still think we also need to be aware of the fact that we are living in the last days and dangerous, dangerous times. And as we talk about the fact that that the stage is being set for all the prophecies that are related to the tribulation to take place, We need to understand that the players are being assembled as the curtain goes up. And I kind of think of the curtain going up as being us, the rapture. But before the things that will transpire during the revelation or or during the tribulation, before those things begin to, to, to transpire, I think we're going to see certain things taking place that causes us as believers to go, wow, we're close we're close. I think we're starting to observe things that will be taking place during the tribulation, take place on the earth right now. And God's Word tells us in Second Thessalonians that I mean First Thessalonians five that we're not children of the night. We're children of the day. We're to walk as children of the day. We're to observe all of these things. We're to know what's going on and live accordingly to speak out accordingly, accordingly to warn our friends, to warn our loved ones, to share the gospel, the grace of God with those who don't know Christ. And I think we're observing so many of those things that are going to be taking place now. I say without hesitation that there is a push for a new world order, that there are global elitists behind so much of what is going on today, that there are things that are taking place that are, that are gearing up to launch the tribulation. And then that seven-year period where, where the Antichrist is, is doing his bit to kill the martyr, the tribulation saints, then God's wrath is being poured out uh, during that time with the, with the, the trumpet judgments and the vile judgments. All of those things are going to be taking place during that seven-year period. Then Christ returns. So many of those conditions are starting to be witnessed, starting to be seen taking place on on earth. And, and we're going to look at some of the scriptures that point those out. We're going to look at those those prophecies. We, we looked at one last week and we, we kind of got um, off on some rabbit trails. And I want to go back to, to that one real quick. I want us to look at some of those prophecies. But I also want to encourage you to be excited. This is not the time to quail in fear. This is not the time to, to be frightened. As a matter of fact, God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We use that sound mind to recognize what's going on and live accordingly. It's a time to, to reach the, those that are, that are not saved, that are not redeemed. It's time to stand and speak, and I think that today's climate, the things that are taking place today, reflects so much of the conditions that are going to be in existence during that tribulation period, especially at the beginning of the tribulation period. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 13. And again, I definitely pray for revival. I pray for awakening. But we also need to understand and be prepared for what may be coming. Because you realize, one of these days, one of these days, it's going to be that time, right? Well, no, that's a hundred years, that's a thousand years, that's somebody else's lifetime. Why? Why do we say that? Could be now. Revelation chapter 13, verse 15. And this is one of those scriptures that I used to read and I thought, maybe we need to take this figuratively. I mean, how in the world could somebody accomplish this on a worldwide schedule, or or worldwide uh, setting? This, this This is not possible. So how do we take it figuratively? Well, we don't. One of the things that I've realized in my study of God's Word is that you take it literally. You don't try to make it say what you want it to say. You accept it for what God says to you. Revelation chapter 13, verse 15. And he, talking about the beast, talking about the Antichrist. He had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak And cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. But verse 15, it says that. That the, the, the false prophet using the beast and the image of the beast, that he causes all as many as it would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Well my, oh my, that's power, that's authority. They're never gonna go along with that. The world leaders would never go along with that. They would never say, oh, you you can't kill these people. You can't destroy these lives. Folks, I believe that verse right there really depicts today's climate. One of the main arguments, as we talked about a few weeks ago, is that we're arguing about whose lives matter. Just that in itself tells us that the sanctity of life is not what it should be. The number of children that will be aborted Tells us that the sanctity of life this year is not what it should be. The sanctity of life is to a point that what you believe is more important than that person's life, so I'm going to take you out because I don't like the way you believe. I have seen people get upset and mad and almost to the point of wanting to beat you up whether you, if you were not wearing a mask or if you were wearing a mask. That just blows my mind that something as immaterial as that, and no pun intended, or as material as that, as useless as that, would cause people to get so angry. The bitterness, the disdain, the anger is paramount, and it's, it's to the point where you either agree with me, or I'm going to take you out. I'm not going to tolerate this. I'm not going to allow this. Comply or die. It's where we're getting as a nation. And that grieves me. That grieves me. It's all about compliance. It's all about control. We're almost to the point that life does not matter. Life does not matter. Compliance is what matters. You're a bad person if you do this, or if you don't do this. And the hatred and the bitterness and the disdain, as I mentioned, it is just overwhelming today. I I believe during that tribulation period, when the beast is going to have that kind of authority, it's people are going to be demanding it. People are going to be, oh, you don't have a mask. Oh, you're not taking the mark. Oh, you don't accept the vaccine. Or oh, you, you, you don't deserve to live. I think people are going to be demanding that the beast do those things. Because that mark is going to prove that you're in compliance. The fact that you've taken that vaccine is, and the media is just going bananas. They're going absolutely crazy over pushing it, pushing it. It's a hysterical frenzy that's going going on. In Revelation chapter 11, Revelation chapter 11, I think gives us more insight on what it's going to be like during the tribulation. And we see that attitude developing right now. Chapter 11 of the book of Revelation talks about the two witnesses, the two witnesses that are on the earth that are going to be preaching the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, that they're going to be talking about that Christ is the true Messiah. You're going to have the false Messiah, the Antichrist, alive and well and, and, and in power and doing things during that first three and a half years of the tribulation period. You have a wit- the two witnesses that are going to be proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and declaring who the true Messiah is and This beast, this antichrist, he is going to be the one that that kills them. And you know what the Scripture says? The the Scriptures tell us that the people are so excited, they are so thrilled that that takes place. Look what they do. Look at verses 9 and 10. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to put in graves. That's kind of cruel. That's kind of disgusting. They want everybody to see. Look what happened to these two people that says that Jesus of Nazareth is the true Messiah and not the one that we're worshiping, the beast. Look at all that he's done and they're not going to allow their bodies to be put in the grave but look at verse 10 and they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and send and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth that is an indication of what's going to be going on during the tribulation period. People are going to be rejoicing that those who were teaching the truth, those who were sharing the truth, well, they're, they're dead. Why, the beast, he took care of them. They're even going to make Christmas out of it. They're going to be sending gifts. I got a Christmas card. I wish I had not thr- I don't know. got this years ago. I'd love to find... I got a Christmas card... They quoted Revelation 11, verse 10. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another. Merry Christmas from somebody. I can't. I, you know, that blew my mind. And that's one of those, it's somewhere in the house. Faith, we've got to keep looking for it. I need that card. But that blew my mind. But folks, we're not far from that now. When we're debating which lives matter, I'll tell you which lives matter. The ones that Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross for. Those are the lives that matter. Those are the lives that we share the gospel, the truth of God with. Amen? But look look at Revelation chapter 6. Kind of give you more insight as to what's going on. Revelation chapter 6. Start with verse 9. Who are those that are being martyred during the tribulation period? This is the fifth seal that's being opened. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God. See, they're going to be slain for the word of God. Because these people have the courage to share the truth of God's word during that time. They were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Which testimony is that? The testimony that Jesus Christ is the true Messiah. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And the white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season, and to their fellow servants also, and their brethren that should be killed, as they were, should be filled up. Revelation 20. Look at Revelation 20. It goes into a little bit more detail about those folks. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded... How are they going to be killed? Beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the Word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast nor his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. These are those that are not going to bow the knee. They're those that are going to be preaching and, and serving the true Messiah during that time of Jacob's trouble. Fortunately for you, if you believed, trusted Jesus Christ, you're going to be in heaven. You're not going to be going through this. But the point of it is, I want you to see and understand the attitude in the world today, just how dangerously close we are to this kind of attitude from people. We're living in the last days. And, and back, to, back to verse 16 in Revelation 13. Back to Revelation thirteen, verse sixteen. And he calls all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Okay, here we go. Are you sitting down? Do you know how close we are to a mark? to an identification process? Do you know how close we are to it being demanded in order for all of your vaccine records, your health records, every, every identification aspect of your life to be processed? Do you know how close we are? I mean, the technology's there. It's the demand is not yet, but how close are we to that? I can tell you, we're there, folks. We're there for that scripture to be fulfilled, where they take a mark. That the world is just so ready for the beast, for the Antichrist. To get vaccinated. To let us know that you're complying. To the beast, save us. You're the Savior. He's not, but they're going to think he is. Fix what's going on. Hey, and remember, we started this talking about um, Hegelian dialectic. Remember that? I'm just surprised I can not even remember how to say it. But, you know, you, you create a problem, and then you um, wait for the desired result, and then you write in with a solution. Folks, that's what's going on today. That's what we are, that's what we're seeing. When we talk about verse 16 and the mark of the beast and making sure that you're in compliance People have said, well, that points to a one-world currency, and and I don't really see how the whole world will go on the same currency. I'm not so sure it's talking about currency. I mean, that may be part of it. That may be part of it. But I think it has more to do with health issues. You can't buy, sell, unless you have the mark. Try going into Marnards without a mask. Try going into Walmarts without a mask. There is so much denial going on in this country over what is really going on. Is it about health or is it about control? Is it about doing what's best or doing what's going to bring us in compliance? I don't think the mark of the beast is necessarily referring to money. I think it has to do with health issues. And the mark, the mark of the beast, uh, that same word for mark is used in Acts 17.29. Tim, put up Acts 17.29. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened to gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device. The word graven there is the exact same Greek word as as mark here in Revelation. And that graven has to do with any kind of identifying mark, an identifying device. There's such a thing that they're working on now and maybe you guys know more about this than I do. If you know much at all you know more about this than I do. But investigate something called nanotechnology and what all that is in reference to. Look into micro needle a ray patch. Look into invisible, invisible ink that is applied to your hand or to your forehead that contains all of your medical records, all of your identification, every aspect of your life when it comes to identification. It's all about health. Health. A study that was funded recently by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Have you ever heard of those folks? The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and published in the December 2019 by, the, by researchers from MIT and the Institute of Chemistry of the Chinese Academy of Sciences in Beijing and the Global Good Intellectual Ventures Lab in Bellevue, Washington, an article that was published by these folks describes how, and I'm going to try to read this, describes how infrared quantum dots can be implanted under the skin along with a vaccine vaccine, to encode information for decentralized data storage and biosensing. Now I have no idea what that means. But I know what you couldn't buy or sell unless you had the mark means. And I know what the technology is all about is they're moving us forward. That if you're a patriot, if you really care about people, if you really are a good citizen, if you really have the common good in mind, you're going to take this mark. You're going to take this vaccine, which... What they're pushing today is the equivalent of we've got to pass it to see what's in it. That's what's going on in the vaccine world. You got to pass it to see what's in it. You got to take it to see what it's going to do for you. It just concerns me to no end of what all's going on. Invisible ink injections, vaccinate vaccination activity that's going on without a full understanding of what's taking place. And I was just at a meeting. As a matter of fact, I've been to two meetings here recently where a sweet, normally sweet, kind grandmother tried to strong arm me into mandating masks. I now serve on the alderman board in Herman, Missouri. The guy that appointed me to that, I don't know where to hug his neck or ring his neck. But right now it's closer to ringing. But this lady just chewed me out along with the other aldermen for not mandating mass. Forget the fact that we really don't have the authority to do that anyway. And we try to tell them that, but that doesn't, they're right over their heads. If you cared. Well, the fact that I do care is the reason why I'm not mandating mask. The fact that I do care is why I'm not I'm not pushing for compliance. And I think that's what the mark indicates. That's what a mask indicates. I think it's terribly exaggerated. And I think it's being pushed in order. to usher in extreme measures, make the people submit to that. And I don't, maybe my math is wrong. And some, some of you mathematicians can tell me. I had a doctor tell me. I mean, she looked right at me with her mask uh, at, a, at a meeting because I was questioning the effectiveness of it and, and the mandating of it. And, and she said, well, the mask... I think this is what she said. I couldn't really understand everything that she said. But I think she said, this mask, my mask stops 40% of what I'm spewing out. Your mask would stop 40% of what you're spewing out. So that's 80%. Hmm. But let me ask you: If if it's forty percent effective for you, and forty percent effective for me, that leaves sixty percent ineffective for you, sixty percent ineffective for me, hundred and twenty percent infect, uh, un, ineffective, uneffective. Uh, hey, it doesn't work. Now I know my math may be skewed. I would have never gotten through math in college had it not been for my wife I had a really caring understanding math professor but to me 60 and 60 doesn't that equal 120 i don't see it as all that they make it out to be but i'm not going to go into the effectiveness or the ineffective of math. we don't have time for that I just think the mask are an end to a means. But that we'll save that for another date. By the way, do you know what the latest mental disorder is with the with who? With the World Health Organization? You can Google it. Just just Google the latest mental disorder. What it's called. And I got it, but that's okay the latest mental disorder that who ranks in the top ten. I should say you have to come back next week to hear, but I won't do that to you. There's a title, Vaccine Hesitancy. Vaccine Hesitancy is labeled as a World Health Organization in their top ten mental disorders, I've fallen down a rabbit hole. Nothing makes sense anymore. Nothing makes sense anymore. Anyway, I I, I got to move on. I got to move on. I won't any more about that? But talking about the mark of the beast, the mark of the beast. Look at Revelation fourteen nine. Just so you know, just just so you know. And folks, I do believe the microchip, I believe this nanotechnology, uh, I believe this invisible, and all that they're, they're, they're wanting to do to people in order to identify them and de- so that they know they're in compliance and all part of the new world order, the, the global elitist. Yeah, I'm, I believe all of that. I believe all that. I believe there's a push. And here's what I'm going to tell you to tell your loved ones as you witness to them. Make sure they understand this. Revelation chapter 14 verse 9. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in their forehead or in his right hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone or in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Do I take that Scripture seriously? I take it seriously. Do I take what's going on seriously? Yes, I take it seriously. Matthew 24, got to hurry. Matthew 24. Folks, there is a spirit of lawlessness that's going on across this land as never before. Spirit of lawlessness, and Christ talked about that. Matthew chapter 24. The disciples have asked Jesus what are the signs of his coming let start with verse 3, and he said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines. What's that next word? Pestilences. Yeah, pestilences. And earthquakes in diverse places. Do you know how many earthquakes we've had in Missouri in the last 12 months almost 250 250 I mean they've been small but the New Madrid I mean it's a shaking and a rattling I just thought that was interesting oh and by the way the person that pointed that out to me was someone that I was talking to about all this going on and they need to prepare they don't know the Lord as their savior and, but we were talking about all this, and he is an unbeliever. He's the one that brought it up. He, so it's like click, click, click. Boy, you want to use that scripture when something like that happens, you want to point those things out. And he's the one, I'm the one that told him what God's word says. He's the one that told me what's going on with the new Madre earthquake. <laughs> just pray, the, and I know the Holy Spirit will just use that scripture. But anyway. Earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another. And shall hate one another. This is Christ talking to the disciples. Talking to the nation of Israel. That you, Israel, going to be hated of all nations. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound. The word iniquity there is lawlessness. Nomia. It's lawlessness is going to abound in the last days. And the love of many shall wax cold. Many shall be offended. They're going to betray one another and shall hate one another. Oh, folks, if we're not moving into that area Look at 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. Chapter. 2 Thessalonians, I'm sorry. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. Verse 6, and you know what withholds that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity, guess what that word is again? Lawlessness does already work. As the Apostle Paul is explaining to the church in Thessalonica, the attitude of what's going to be going on in the last days again. And we're not children of the night, we're children of the day. We're supposed to recognize these things happening. Paul says, There's going to be a spirit of lawlessness. The Lord Jesus says, "There's going to be a spirit of lawlessness." Is there a spirit of lawlessness around the world? And finally, real quick, about three weeks ago, and as far as juxtaposing all that's going on in the world to this, to to the scriptures. About three weeks ago, the United States brokered a peace deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Anybody remember hearing about that? Yeah, we all did. I got a lot of phone calls. Pastor, do you think this is it? you think this is it? I think it is a peace treaty between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. It was brokered by uh, the United States, but it's not the peace treaty. It's not the covenant that the beast and Israel are going to sign. It's a covenant or a tree much like what Israel has with Jordan and Egypt, Uh, but it's not the covenant that the Antichrist is going to sign with Israel, but I think it's precedent-setting. Who knows the ramifications of what that's going to have? I'll tell you this ramification, Israel's concession was to surrender the West Bank settlement. Did you hear anything about that? But that that was a concession. In order to get this peace deal signed, Israel said, okay, we won't move into the West Bank, although they'd already started, and that's been an ongoing uh, point of contention. In order to get this treaty signed between Israel and United Arab Emirates, and you need to know the United Arab Emirates, it's a long way from Israel. I'm not even sure you can see it. Tim? Well, that's one. That's, well, that's another one. But that, well, that first one I gave you. Yeah. Can, can you tell? If I had my thing. You can see, you see the Atlantic Ocean and you can see uh, Spain and you can come into the Mediterranean Sea and you know where Israel is. Well, way down there is the United Arab Emirates. So yeah, are you waving around? Yeah, Tim can can show you. You see how far that is from Israel. So what gives? And I got to thinking about that. Yeah, they, they the concession was the West Bank, and, and that's got to have ramifications. That's that's going to be something else. But what so far? Then I remembered some scripture. Turn with me to Revelation again. Revelation chapter 18. And I thought this was interesting. So, Tim, did you show them where Israel is? Well, that's okay. Uh, But you can see where that red there is. And right above that little red dot is Iran. And then if you just go up to the left of that a little bit is Iraq. Iraq. And that, that body of water that goes up into there, that's the Persian Gulf, the Persian Gulf. And between the United Arab Emirates and Iran is a strait, it's a little like a canal, it's called the port of Hormuz. And, you know, in Iran, they're always, you can see it a little better there, the United Arab Emirates, and you see that IR up at the top is Iran. The Persian Gulf, well, just right at the tip of that, up that way of the Persian Gulf, is a country called Iraq. And there's a city in Iraq called Babylon. Do I believe Babylon is going to be rebuilt? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I think it's already being rebuilt in the plan? yeah I, that, that's going on already. But look at Revelation chapter 18. You want to know how these scriptures are pointing to the fact that we are close. We need to be preaching that we're close. Revelation chapter 18. I'll start with verse. Let's start with verse nine. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication live deliciously with her, talking about Babylon, shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come, and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn for her, for no man buys their merchandise anymore. And it lists all the merchandise that was that was going on. Look at verse 15. And the merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. and pearls! For in one hour so great riches has come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company in ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off. Do you realize last year over 2,000 Millionaires moved to the United Arab Emirates. Do you know that it is one of the fastest growing hot places for millionaires and merchants to live in? I think seven of the world's richest people live in the United Arab Emirates and in Dubai. You ever been to Dubai? No. I didn't think you had, but it is an incredible city. It is unbelievable what they've done with all that sand and how they have built it up and made an extremely beautiful, modern city. And I read the fact that that it is a hot spot for technology, it is a hot spot for trade, that all the world is focused in Dubai. Don't take my word for it. Just Go on the internet and look at the United Arab Emirates and in Dubai and all that's going on there and then relay it to Babylon just north of them and their ships watching Babylon just go up in flames. That's not a coincidence. That is not a coincidence. Things are happening, people. There's a spirit of lawlessness. There's a spirit of hate. There is a divisiveness. There are troubling times. Nothing makes sense anymore unless you understand that we're living in the last days. My daughter Amy, her husband Ryan were up last last week. They left yesterday. I hate that. I just feel so much safer when my kids are under our roof. But Amy asked, she said, we were talking about this sermon and all the points I was going to make, and she said, "Dad, but what are you going to do to encourage them?" But I tell, I'll tell you this: you look to God. I'm going to encourage you by t- exactly what God's word in, that Paul told the church in Thessalonica when he talked to them about the fact that Christ is coming, that you're going to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. He told them all of those things, and he said, told them, you comfort one another with these words. That's how I'm going to encourage you. That God is on His throne. The tomb is empty. The church is going to be caught up. It could happen before we leave this building. We belong to Him, that His blood was shed for you. Christ is coming, and that is what our hearts yearn for. All of that is starting to unfold. And my encouragement to you is to be brave. My encouragement to you is to be determined. But more than anything, be saved. Be saved. Know Christ is your Savior. Know that He died for your sins. Know that He was buried for you. Know that He rose again. He didn't do it just for the neighbor or for that preacher or for that organ player. He did it for you personally that you might have eternal life. Regardless of what happens in the world, we know that Satan is the God of this world. Regardless of what happens in the world, God is on His throne. You belong to Him. This world is not your home. This is not where you're a citizen of. And He's coming again. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we come before You and we just thank You for Your Word. We thank You for that peace that Passes all understanding that only you could give. Father, as we look at all that's going on, how troubling it is. But Father, we take confidence. We take hope. We have that assurance that we belong to you. Father, our hearts are set on home, our hearts are set on serving you and taking a stand for you. Father, being your people. Father, give us courage. Give us wisdom. Give us wisdom. Father, we want to know how to discern what's going on. Father, we don't want to be against. We want to be for. Father, we don't want to stand in the way. We want to advance your truth. Father, may that be the kind of believer, may that be the type of servant we are. But Father, give us boldness to do that. Father, I pray this morning if there's anyone here that does not know you as Savior that in the quietness of these closing moments that the Holy Spirit will just convict them of their need for you. Father, let them know that you love them. Christ died for them. That your invitation is for them to by faith, trust And eternal life is theirs. Father, we thank you for that plan of salvation. Father, only that could have come from someone who loves as much as you do. Thanking you this morning for taking that work upon yourself to redeem us. We pray these things in Christ's holy and precious name. And the one who every knee is going to bow to, every tongue is going to confess to, to your glory, Father. We pray that in His name, in the name